Hello and welcome to Social Media Weekly episode 31st December 2019. The final week, no, the final episode day. of 20, <laughs> the final episode of the, the decade. <laughs> decade somewhere, wow. Yeah, final episode of the decade. Uh, Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, the digital marketing agency that helps small businesses go digital. My name is Sean. And I'm JK. It's a very slow week because I think a lot of uh, journalism sites and news sites are have been quite uh, empty. Slacking. <laughs> quite, yeah, quite quiet so far. Enjoying holidays. Yeah, so we have a short one. Um, up on the, the news, Facebook working to bring copyrighted music to Facebook Watch. Instagram ads age requirement to see business creator accounts. Wait. Um, ads age requirement to business creator accounts. No see. So let's do this again. Instagram adds age requirements to business creator accounts. Snapchat test image recognition triggered ads. And LinkedIn reveals top jobs in 2020. Back to the stories. Facebook working to bring copyrighted music to Facebook Watch. A few weeks into the operation, Facebook Watch still hasn't been nearly as successful as YouTube. One of the main things that will change it, according to research, is copyrighted music. Of the 30 most viewed videos of all time in YouTube, 28 of them are actually music clips, like video clips of, uh, you know, when you when you want to discover new songs by artists, uh-huh. you watch the video clips. Yeah, yeah the, right? new, the MVs, all yeah, the things. The MVs, yes, music videos. Um, so Facebook is famous for that. Mm-hmm. And the top 30, 28 of the top 30 most watched YouTube videos are actually MVs. Okay. <laughs> and because of that, uh, Facebook Watch cannot do it, cannot provide this service because Facebook does not have the copyright to show this, this music yet. Okay, all right. And they are actually working to secure deals with music labels and hopefully soon, once that is done, they will be able to uh, actually, they will be able to to what is this called to to get this copyright to get uh, to allow us mm-hmm. or, to, or to, to allow artists to post music videos onto Facebook Watch. Okay. So meaning to say last time previously we cannot post any music video on no, Facebook. We at cannot all. post any music video onto Facebook Watch. Okay. Because copyright does not allow it. Time? So it has always been from YouTube. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, they the link from YouTube. Yes, they link from okay, YouTube. Okay, but it's always Facebook. Yeah, it's always YouTube. But let's say the thing is if Facebook Watch is a, is able to obtain this copyright, but not if, but when it mm-hmm. obtains, it will definitely be able to obtain. When it obtains, right, it will become the better platform to consume and share music videos. Mm, because it's easier. Because it's easier, because your friends are there anyway, and hardly any of your friends are on YouTube socializing with you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Provided the same the what kind of the, the age group lah, so to say. <laughs> yeah. Of, of, of course your friends will be at the same age group as you. Um and then it makes it easier to share, like, you know, you find a new music video and then you post it up and people comment on it instead of then it automatically plays instead of you having to click into the link and, into go, link into and go into YouTube and then wait for it to load and then the sun going in issue, Yes, exactly. That is the, that is the problem the that most users are going through. Not bad, huh? So means Facebook Watch is trying to imitate YouTube itself, huh? Yes. So if they when they're able to do this, they should be able to properly compete with YouTube at least in terms of atten- more attention from the music video mm. uh, side. 
Okay, okay. Does it mean that they are going to have a Facebook Watch Premium? <laughs> I don't think so. Facebook Watch will not have a premium because I think they really, really focus on collecting our information and serving ads to us. That mm. is where they are. They, I, I think they are quite decided on that is the only route they're using. I see. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we don't know. They might change their mind, but uh, <laughs> yeah. That Facebook premium, right? Suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, next up, Instagram adds age requirement to business creators account. Soon, brands and creators will be able to add a minimum age limit requirement. People under that age limit will not be able to see your account, including your profile, posts and stories. There is also a setting that lets brand customize age limits for different countries, which is helpful if you want to adhere to regional restriction. A good example would be an alcoholic drink where the age limit is 18 in Australia but 21 in the US. So it says here that um, that business creator accounts can um, make themselves invisible to people below a certain age. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are below like 17, let's say for example, if your content is a little bit more... Um, Central. More... Explicit. <laughs> yeah, more explicit. You know, 16 and above, 18 and above kind of content and not very PG-13, then... Um, as a creator, you have the responsibility mm-hmm. to actually limit um, this, apply this limit, age requirement, mm-hmm. so that people under this age will not be able to see your content, I be see. able to even follow you as well. Okay. So my, let's say if I were to set like if Australia, then I'd set Australia age limit what? And then US age limit what? Something like that. You can actually set globally or you can set based on region. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So if it's based on region, then you need to set it yourself, like the rest of the world, then a few other countries and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's globally, then it's just like one one global setting. Mm, okay. But even so, so uh, let's just say if the age limit is not really, I mean, if I don't really set the age limit, uh, what are the harm that the business will get? Um, you might get chased down by uh, angry parents. <laughs> legal lawsuits. Okay, all right. For not being responsible, for not adhering to the code of ethics, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook will, um, Facebook will apply certain, certain rules that that ban you from the, from using their platform. Like for okay. example, you say right, now we are uploading, YouTube videos. Right, mm-hmm. there is this additional checker that I need to do whenever I upload, our SMW and Tipsies videos onto YouTube is mm-hmm. that we I need to declare whether this video is for kids or not for kids. Oh, okay, okay. If it's not for kids, then the secondary one is, is it suitable for kids? Mm. If it's not suitable for kids, then what happens is that YouTube will automatically apply this thing where kids under the age of 18 cannot see your content. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they, um, so if on YouTube's point is that both on YouTube and Facebook's point is that they they let us decide. But if we were to breach this this code, mm-hmm. then they will penalize us. I see. So meaning say, let's just say, but if okay, let's say parents like, were to have a legal lawsuit, like, the first thing they'll go to is not the brands but the Facebook itself, what? Yes, isn't it? They will complain to Facebook and then Facebook will go directly to you. Oh, okay. So they will trace back to you. Yes. They will they will do one one the one yeah, of course. to you, because to you. Because Facebook and Google have um, provided this check and balance. Mm-hmm. So responsibility-wise, they have done what they can do, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. So then they, they throw sense. the responsibility to you 
to be the better person to declare. <laughs> but if you don't do that, then Facebook says, hey, it's not my problem. You know? Yeah, I, I, give, you, I, give, you the, I give you the check boss already. You didn't want to do anything. So therefore, yeah, here you go. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's the, it's, well, mm. at the end of the day, it's all about that. But then it doesn't <laughs> also answer the question of whether this underage person is, you know, trying to bluff Instagram mm-hmm. by saying that, oh, I'm actually over 18 or, or over yeah, 21. There's a, a great period. There's a great period. These are the kind of things that they cannot control. Mm-hmm. So it's just about being responsible. It's not about actually implementing. It's just goal. who will get a shit. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, ads. This episode of Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Chop Tiang Bee Cafe at Heart of Malacca, Malaysia. Chok Tiambi serves authentic Nyonya and fusion cuisine and is located at Chonka Street, just 5 minutes walk from the famous Red Square and A Pomasa in Malacca City. Their most iconic dishes include the curry laksa and nasi lemak. Also equally impressive are their range of homemade cakes like carrot cake which uses pineapple instead of raisins and the Ondeone cheesecake which is a must try. If you are heading to Chok Tiambi, be sure to get 10% off your entire receipt with promo code CTB10. That's CTB10. If you're listening to this today and tomorrow is new year mm-hmm. and you are in malacca head over to chop get your ctb 10 discount and treat your family and friends mm-hmm. to a new year's treat yep yep and don't forget they are also having a reservation for chinese new year oh yes they are <laughs> Dong Dong hopefully their menu is coming up soon <laughs> but yep that's we'll have a look out for that yeah yeah next up snapchat test image recognition triggered ads Point your Snapchat camera at some brand logos and unlock special branded AR experience. Wow. <laughs> this is actually quite cool. Um, it, it's available only in certain parts of the world now, but the concept actually provides a very amazing application. Mm-hmm. So imagine taking a picture of McDonald's, the French fries box, mm-hmm. right? And then it unlocks a discount voucher for a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quite cool. Though. Like, hey, Sunday voucher, yeah. Sunday voucher, Sunday so, voucher. So the cool thing is here, okay, there's two prongs to this, right? There's two prongs to this. The first prong is that in order for you to obtain that branded, the, the unlocking the, the branded experience or the, the discount voucher or something, mm-hmm. in order to do that, you need to point your camera and take a picture of something. Okay. You take a picture of McDonald's. In order to have that, you need to be at McDonald's, let's say, if it's geographically, uh, uh, if it has geolocation tagging as well. Okay, right? got it. So you're in a McDonald's, Snapchat knows that you're, you're in a McDonald's and then you take a picture of the French fries box, mm-hmm. right? And then it unlocks that, uh, that voucher. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you are eating it or someone, it's someone else's box. It doesn't matter because what matters is you are there mm-hmm. and you take a picture and you are posting that picture up. Mm, yeah, so no. you're sharing to your friends that you're, eating, you're, McDonald's. you're eating McDonald's. <laughs> And then you get the free Sunday. Ah, so meaning to say like, okay, if, as a, for a free marketing, here's a trade-off for a voucher for you. Yes. Mm. So you give me this and I give you that. Okay, yeah, fair. And from McDonald's point of view, it's that McDonald's is working hard to get to, uh, to be seen and be viral or be shared by the friends of all these Gen Zers and young mm. people. Yep, yep. And they will pay money for this. It's a very good way of monetization. Yeah, quite also. I mean, think about it, you do share things and then people like, People will, your, your friends will see, because, because brand itself is very hard for them to tap into the, what you call that, the, the market, the, the personalized market. Yeah. Only you can tap into your friend's market. Yeah. So, yeah, say. exactly, exactly. So, uh, you have the first dips into your friend's uh, list, right? Mm. 
And if the brands can get into your list of um, snaps, then it becomes a different story. Yep. Right? Wow. Not bad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I the I thing is, we see a lot of all these kind of conceptual application of AR, but we don't see brands taking advantage of this and doing it on a bigger scale. Maybe haven't yet. Wow. AI know. is just it's, still very, very vague. It's very it's, Tesla. <laughs> It's very weird. It's like, um, you know, you see all this year, year after year, you see all this IKEA having this, the furniture thing that you can, that you can put onto the, the hall and you can see how the furniture okay, looks okay, like. Yeah. And then you have so many people applying all these things. You have the lipstick, you know, um, the lipstick cosmetic companies that you can actually use lipstick onto your snaps and everything. But they cannot seem to do the final mile, which mm-hmm. is from seeing it to buying is a different story altogether means from brand awareness to sales conversion nah. yeah and the second problem the second problem comes from global adoption mm. and and while some brands are experimenting on this and they see that it's very they're making good case studies and it's going viral most brands are like eh you know is it because the cost is too high i don't i don't know maybe the cost is quite high but mm-hmm. it's not as if they're spending very little money on marketing right now you know? they're spending quite a lot as well at the first in uh, as it is. It's mm-hmm. just that they're, chan- they're not channeling marketing to the right angles. Or maybe they just they're don't want to try this platform maybe. yet. <laughs> and maybe know. they want to wait until everybody's doing it. Then. Mm, let, let's see who the, the first the first bikini pick first, <laughs> then the second, then the third. Then only we start going in. Yeah, it does make sense. Well. <laughs> yep. Right, next up, LinkedIn reviews top jobs in 2020. LinkedIn was able to provide project jobs in the highest demand for the coming year and probably few years based on what companies are looking for. Based on the 17 countries, the top jobs are specialists in AI and data security. There are a few random ones like digital marketing specialists in Austria and real estate agent in France, but the majority are centered around coding and computer abilities. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite amazing. Like um, you have blockchain developer, JavaScript developer, cybersecurity, um, data protection, big data, um, you know, privacy officer, uh, even data scientist. Yeah, this, these are, it's, it's all about coding. It's all about data. It's all about security. It's all about AI mm. um, in, in the coming years. So we don't know if this is going to last long, but we are expecting in the next decade, right? Mm-hmm. If, if someone is going out into a job or planning to change their profession, you need to consider these kinds of jobs. At least understand the basic skills. At least understand the basic skills so that you are completely left, uh, you are not completely left unaware of what's <laughs> going on. Yep, yep, Or yep. when people talk these kind of jargons, you you can still keep up <laughs> to it. Yeah. Or like what, what's, what's CTA or, you know, what's, what's ad cost, you know, yeah. what's, what's the, the, the ethic rule of digital marketing, this yeah. kind of thing. In fact, even for Thailand itself, they're starting to have, uh, they're starting to teach coding to their primary kids really. Yeah. So this is really, it's, they're moving towards the direction. Yeah. Yep. So there is, um, there is a lot of people who are saying that, um, like I got friends who have mm-hmm. kids, right? And back in our generation, we like our kids to learn English mm-hmm. because English is the language of trade, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And then there was a point of time when they say Chinese is a language of trade. <laughs> All right. Yes, correct. But now, actually, believe it or not, computer language is a language of trade. <laughs> yeah, coding language. Coding one. language. And you have a lot of different coding languages. That is true. But 
when you learn enough coding languages, you will start to see the similarities between them. Mm-hmm. Like I know a little bit of HTML. I, lo- I know a little bit of CSS. I know a little bit of Python. And once you learn that few, right, what happens is you, you tend to see, okay, there is a similarity on how they write certain things. Mm-hmm. And because you have software to, to complete the sentences, For we call them la. sentence, like, you know, coding, <laughs> coding okay. commands, right? Mm-hmm. To complete the coding commands for you. As long as you know how to read it, you don't have to write it. It's like reading and writing Chinese, <laughs> right? It's like how when you write Chinese, you look for the pinyin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now then you, you don't look need to for write the word. <laughs> yeah, then when you look for the word, you, you can read the word. But if you ask to write the word out, sometimes you don't remember how many strokes are there in certain correct, areas correct. and everything. Yes. <laughs> so that is how, that is the same problem you have with coding, mm-hmm. where you know it when you read it, but you cannot write, you don't remember how to write the whole thing from scratch. I so you have softwares, that. right, who you can actually, you can actually list out the commands and you choose the commands and fill in the gaps. Mm. That's it. Okay, all right. And most of the work is done using the software. Okay, is it as, is it similar to last time our generation of the what's called MS dot uh, MS code uh, You know where the, the time we want to play a game, we need to like enter to in a way F one yes one, in a kind, way right? in a way uh, but it gets a little bit more complicated depending on what kind of um what kind of coding that okay. is required. And there is actually a very uh, important job that comes with coding as well, which most people do not see mm-hmm. is the design language, oh, the design of it. Okay. UI. Like, yeah, the UI and UX. Mm-hmm. UI and UX are actually done by designers, not coders, because coders can build it, <laughs> right? But the design is done by the UI, UI and UX engineers and developers and designers. So that will see a very, uh, that will be a, very big job as well in the future. Okay, okay. Got it. Yeah, makes sense as well because now people just want to see a nice layout, yeah. like smooth, user-friendly. It's, it's about how user-friendly it is, how fast it works, mm. and at the same time being nice and minimalist and, you know, and effective. these kind of things. So the designers have to give the order to the coders in order to build something that looks nice. I see. So it's like like interior design and uh, what is it? What engineering? Uh? Interior design and... and the, the, Interior design and the one construction engineer, construction engineer, yeah, construction engineer. Let's say if a person knows how to construct a building, mm-hmm. but the person will not will need to construct a building based on the architect's yeah. requirement. And I heard oh, they always argue. Yeah, they, <laughs> of course, they always argue because you know the architect will always want it to look like this, right? But the construction engineer will always say that it cannot it's be done. It's impossible. It's impossible because we don't have a technology to build it. <sighs> oh well. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's all for social media weekly. This. Decade social media weekly podcast available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Our full videos are available on YouTube, and we post bits and clips on Instagram and Facebook. This mm-hmm. is Social Media Weekly, episode thirty first, December twenty nineteen, the end of the decade. We will see you in twenty twenty. My name is Sean, and I'm JK. Au revoir. Ayunara.